0: Hey everybody, it's Erin Carey. Welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I am sitting down with Linda Crater. I'm so excited to have her on the show. She is a fellow podcaster. She is the host of Wise Health for Women Radio, and she's filled with all sorts of knowledge as, as far as like working with veterans and working with mental health and working with health in general. I'm just excited to have you on the show. So welcome, Linda.
1: Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, this is going to be fun. So, we're talking about toxic relationships and how toxic relationships really can impact our life, our health, our well being, all of it. So, you have a lot of experience with this topic. And-
1: <laughs> Regrettably so.
0: So, I, I'm excited to learn from you and have this discussion. So, I'd love to know first off, for listeners who are wondering, what are toxic people? What does that mean?
1: It's interesting because it can be a catch-all for people who annoy you or you just don't agree with, but that's not my definition of a toxic person. To me, a toxic person is someone who, after you've completed a conversation with them or are in the middle of a conversation, you feel deflated. You're not inflated by being around them. They may make you feel bad about yourself. They may criticize you. They do this sort of behavior, sometimes to make themselves feel better by putting someone else down. And I have had some experience, but I've also learned how to manage toxic relationships, toxic people, some you know tips and things that I've learned that have truly helped me first identify them sooner so that you don't waste a lot of time. Time is the most precious commodity in the whole world. We can't get it back. And then you want to keep your own self cold. Mm-hmm. So if you let someone else chip away at you, I, I some of these are, you know, it's a two by four to the head. You can feel it. But other people, it's like being pecked to death by a chicken. Hmm. So everything in between is kind of interesting. But I, I think with a couple of thoughts that we share today between us, I think people will have an idea that they really can manage toxic people better than they think they can.
0: Yeah. And we are surrounded, you know, depending on the life stage, life season by people who deflate us. I love the way that you describe that deflate us. I, I consider these, you know, usually when I'm doing my health coaching practice, the draining people, there are people in our lives who drain us, but I like deflating because that is such like a perfect mental picture of like, there is nothing left. What is it about these people that the toxic ones, that caused this deflation? What is it that causes us to feel deflated being around them?
1: Well, first of all, I love deflate and inflate because I, I was trying to find words that felt more positive to me. You know, you hear things, be a fountain, not a drain. Okay, that's fine. Um, but I, I, what makes these people do this? I, I think oftentimes it's their own insecurities. Hmm. I think that you may intimidate people. I think sometimes they're just unhappy, wounded people Mm. and unhappy people hurt others and it's unhealed trauma for some and they have to lash out and, you know, sort of put it on you, project it onto you. And I was in a, a marriage that did this for a long time. And I, always took the positive route, you know, I need to work on this, I need to be better, I need to change. And then I realized that the pattern was becoming very apparent over the decades, that it really wasn't me. So there's a couple of things you want to take a look at. Is it you? Are you bringing out the worst in someone? Mm. Because let's face it, sometimes there are people who we respond to like the anti side of a magnet and you repel each other. It happens. But for the most part, it's not that obvious. It's just that you don't feel good when you leave. And you think, well, that wasn't fun. And there may be different reasons. I know some people who do this that are self-sabotagers. They not only sabotage their friendships, they sabotage their careers. They sabotage their whole Relationship with everyone. They get themselves into trouble because they can't get out of their own way. But that's, there is no one typical type person. Then there are those who are, are, you know, they're ill. Frankly, they are ill. They need therapy, they need someone to talk to who can train them to change their negative thinking to more positive thinking. And while we can talk about automatic negative thoughts and ants, Which I I love that topic because it's an easy way to say to someone, you're defaulting to ants again, (laughs) which is nicer than saying stop being so negative. Um, But mostly toxic people are not happy people and they're not whole people. So they have to figure out how to change that. But if you have to manage with them in your life, you have some things that you can do.
0: Yeah, now I know someone is listening to this and going, oh, yeah, I am surrounded by toxic people. I can name this one, my boss, my sister, etc. But I want to take a second and pause. This is a great place to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by KiwiCo. Now, in this episode, we're discussing toxic relationships and toxic people. Well, for me, one of the ways that I de-stress from life is with quality family time. And KiwiCo is such a helpful way to do it. It is defining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and seriously fun. They create super cool hands-on projects designed to create a lifelong love for learning among kids. Each month, KiwiCo delivers crates packed with fun and sparks creativity with kid-friendly topics and activities. The crates cover a ton of interesting topics and provide real hands-on skills for kids to explore. From engineering robots to learning about the science of cooking, yay, I love that one, there's something for every kid. Discover subscription lines for kids of all ages ranging from infants and preschoolers to teens and beyond. My two boys are six and nine, and there's quite a gap of abilities between them. They do like to play together a lot, but I really appreciated that they were each able to get something to work on that matched their ability level and where they are. My six-year-old is still working on fine motor skills, so he needed a little bit of help from me, but he was really able to find success and feel accomplished with the project, the mechanical sweeper that he was given to work on. We worked on it together, and he loved it. Now, my 9 year old is a little bit more advanced and he was given more of an engineering type of project with the domino machine and he really worked hard and was so proud of himself that he took it to his school and showed it to his teacher who was in awe of what he had accomplished. As a parent, it can be really hard to find creative ways to keep your children busy, challenged, and off their screens. The screen addiction is real, you guys, and I get it, especially in the summer. Well, KiwiCo does the legwork for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. There's something for kids of all ages. And the crates vary, too. There are there are cooking projects, engineering, crafting. There are all sorts of different options to choose from. There's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel anytime. Redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at KiwiCo.com spark. That's 50% off your first month at kiwicocom spark. Now, Linda, back to this conversation about toxic people. Are there certain personality traits that would almost lend someone to attract more
1: toxicity in their relationships? To be honest, I'm one of them. I am an empath. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very accessible. And people talk to me, people tell me their life stories at the grocery Mm -hmm. store uh, in an elevator. and, And that part's fine. But if it goes overboard, it took me years to learn this, how to set boundaries so that you only gave away so much information. And the other thing is you don't want to, if it's a long term relationship with this person, don't give them the ammunition to shoot you with. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's foolish. But as an empath, I tend to attract narcissists, um, those who are needy. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, And it's something that I've had to learn to be aware of. As you were saying, people who are surrounded by toxic people, one of the self-awareness things I did was, okay, what am I doing to attract this? Because I'm the common denominator that I can change. I can't change other people. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? And what I determined was it wasn't so much what I was doing. It was what I was allowing. And so when I set certain boundaries on what I would discuss, what I would share, what I wouldn't, or if I would even be around this person, if I had that option, it made a world of difference. Because I, in my experience in my marriage and, and later on, because you start to meet people that are the other side of the same coin, you realize that you need to change you to to be mm-hmm. able to manage this better. So I, I did learn how to do that. And it's it's very interesting because you'll never change someone else. Mm-hmm. You can only change you and the way you respond to people. Yeah,
0: that's really good, but that is so, so hard and reality. And you mentioned the the phrase that you can only change yourself. You can't change anybody else. And that is a great time to thank our sponsor for today's episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we are discussing, it can be so difficult to know how to place healthy boundaries in your life and know how to focus on changing yourself when all you really want to do is change everybody else in your life, right? Well, therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life and take ownership of your own issues and the things that are holding you back so that you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind, without falling into toxic relationships as we are discussing on this episode today. I know for me, therapy has been a big part of my mental health journey and helping me to understand what are the areas that I need to look into improving and what can I do? change? What healthy habits do I need to implement in my life so that I can show up in a healthy way for my job, for my family, for my friends, for all of the different areas of my life? I cannot imagine the person that I would be without therapy because it truly has been a life-transforming experience for me. If you are listening to this episode and if what we're sharing is resonating with you and if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com sparking today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash sparking. Now, Linda, getting back to this topic of focusing on ourselves and changing ourselves, you mentioned empaths, you know, like some of us just really want to help people,
1: right? The sympathetic, the compassionate. Yes, to that too. Right. So,
0: so. How do we find healthy boundaries, especially when we're raised like me to be, you know, to love everybody and to help people who need it and to just smile and do the right thing? Well, there are boundaries that we must put into place or it will deflate us. So what do we do to learn healthy boundaries and what
1: does that look like? Well, I think defining boundaries. Most people think it's telling someone, don't do that with me. Don't do that. Well, that's telling them what to change. A better way, and a better way to set a boundary, in my opinion, is to say, "I'm sorry. I I really cannot talk with you when you speak to me that way. Mm. It's not respectful. It's not helpful, and it's not kind at all. So I would prefer that we either, you know, depart, you know, uh, leave the scene of the mess, mm-hmm. uh, because some people are comfortable in their chaos." But Mm I don't choose to be around that anymore. And you you sometimes have toxic people in your family. Mm -hmm. Now, you can't leave them. That's not possible. But I found that distance is is one thing. But the boundary setting, you have to set the boundary for yourself. What you Mm -hmm. will accept, not telling them what to do. That doesn't work so well. Because how are you going to enforce that? Yeah.
0: Well, and you know, and when you mentioned that, it really, it's helpful as a parent. So I still have, I have an 18 year old, nine year old, six year old. The six year old is just filled with all sorts of very valid emotions and feelings. And sometimes those come out in a very mean way. Right. And so right. I will, I will say things that I want him to learn boundaries. I'll say, Oh, you know, I don't really like when people talk to me that way. It's hard for me to respond kindly when people are talking to me that way. So can you change your tone? Can you change the way you say that? That hurts my feelings, you know? So what are some things I know, you know, for the parents listening, what can we do with our kids to show them healthy boundaries and show them, you know, how not to be toxic,
1: right? (laughs) It's true. And, and children will pick up on habits that they are around and they won't even know it. Yeah. Um, I, I'll i give you an example with whining. I would always tell my children, I'm sorry, I, I can't hear you when you're <laughs> whining. And that worked for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think otherwise it's as they get older, you lose some control over that. And yeah. they'll, they'll say to you, well, this is the way I speak. <laughs> and I'll think or you can tell that came from a life experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always try and turn it a little mm-hmm. bit and just say, did you mean to say this? Because I understand that better. You know, if they think that I'm not smart enough to understand their language, then who cares? Because I know that I am smarter than they are, mm-hmm. so, at least with that parenting skills. So it's, it's interesting. But I, I also never allowed what I will call nasty speech. Um, if, if kids got into that cursing um, mm-hmm. spell that they do get into and tweens and teenagers and all of that, and they don't even hear it anymore. Uh, <laughs> I just say, you know, it really takes people with more brain power to speak nicely than it does to just use those common words. Yeah, But it's not easy. It's a constant battle to keep the culture at home or with friendships good. Mm -hmm. and also no triangulation because that's that is one of the worst things in the world and i'm sure people know what triangulation is it's when you're having a conversation with three people and you become a villain a victim and a hero and the person Mm -hmm. doing the gaslighting is never anything but the hero and they love to instigate so it's a cautionary note so people who triangulate are people to be aware of as well Yeah, and what's an example of that? Can you give some
0: examples of how that would pop up in a conversation?
1: Uh, Triangulation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So-and-so told me that you did this, 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 and this, and it caused this problem. Well, I'm standing right here. And this happened when I had a big company and I had a lot of employees. And if someone would come to me and complain about someone else, the first question I would ask is, did you speak to them directly? And usually it was no, because I know I'm coming to complain to the to the boss. And so the, I would then get up and we would, I would call the other person and call them into my office. So we then spoke directly because direct communication is hard enough. Good clarified direct communication is difficult, but when you add someone who's trying to instigate or point it in a different direction, it goes sideways fast. Mm-hmm. So I, that's an example that is, is real life. Kids do it. If you ever watch three children play versus two or a bigger group, kids will do that. They'll solo out someone to be the victim. Mm. and It happens a lot. We call it bullying. Now when mm-hmm. I, my kids were little, we didn't really use that term much, but that's what it is.
0: Yeah. And adults do. And this happens a lot in workplaces. And And that's why I I, mentioned the work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I know I have been in a situation with a toxic work environment and lucky me got to be victimized a little bit. Um, And it's it's hard. It's hard to find joy in something that you initially loved doing. When you're looking over your shoulder going, okay, how's this going to be perceived? How's this going to be twisted? How is this going to be made to look, even though I'm just doing my job, right?
1: Well, you're looking for where the next arrow is coming from. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a very anxiety-producing situation. So it has no place. And it's funny, when I work with the veterans, the VA does that a lot to veterans and their caregivers, and so one of the very first videos I created on Veteran Caregiver was triangular communication. In fact, it's it's got this <laughs> in the first frame because it really is a very bad place to be. Always mm-hmm. go directly if you can. And that goes for toxic people too yeah. because I'm hearing you say this about me, you know. let's talk about it because I think there's a misunderstanding. I guess what I always do is think about how I respond not how I react.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I'd rather take it on with the person directly as opposed to just ignoring them. Um, And certainly you don't want to retaliate. Retaliation is terrible. You're just going to raise the toxic environment and make it more twisted and unhappy. So don't do that. But when they're in your family, you have different things to do. One of the tips there I would say is, if, if you're in a family environment and there's somebody who likes to stir up trouble, make sure you're not sitting on the couch talking all the time. Go out and take a walk with them. Um, it's so much easier when you deflect that. Do you remember with teenagers, when you want to talk to them, you took them in the car because yeah. you didn't have to look them in the eye and they would open up mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. It's the same way with toxic people. You can diffuse some of their power by, going out in nature, go walk, go to a game, go to a movie. Nobody has to talk to each other. then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and how can we change? I mean, you know, like you said, we can't change the other person. We can only change. You you mentioned our response over reaction and what are some things that people can be doing just to tune into their own self-awareness so that there are alerts out you know internal alerts for when something is going to be deflating their personal well-being
1: you probably won't notice it till you already have had a dark and your balloon has started to deflate mm. the first thing i do now that i've become more accustomed with all of this is i think to myself what is making them so unhappy and i give first i give grace then when it becomes Obvious that it is intentional, that it is meant to harm or wound or deflate. Then I start setting firmer boundaries. But oftentimes the problem isn't you at all. You just happen to be the target of the moment, Mm -hmm. and just unhappy people. And remember, wounded people wound Mm -hmm. others. So sometimes I've turned it right around you seem unhappy today. What's going on? And then they don't know what to do because they would much mm-hmm. rather sing arrows than talk about themselves mm-hmm. and sing something. Mm-hmm. But that deflection is often enough time to turn the conversation yeah. at least for that moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's,
0: that's really good. And that takes a lot of, I mean, you know, I think back to even, Oh gosh, the beginning of the pandemic when everybody had opinions about everything, right. And everything was going, all the social media anger and people just going back and forth. It got to the point where I had to put up a block and go, okay, that person must be under a lot of stress right now, because I know what stress does to the brain. I know that it causes the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex to not really talk to each other. And so we're in fear reactionary mode, not necessarily make good decision mode. And so that was really helpful for me to go, okay, I wonder what they're struggling with right now. That person that's being mean online, that person that's saying all of these things, what are they struggling with? So this could be a technique for that toxic person in your life in order to take a step back from it. Right. And, and go, okay, there's something going on for them and it has nothing to do with me.
1: And that's a really important point because we often, we tend to center on, okay, what did I do? Yeah. What am I responsible for? And I'm a recovered responsibility-aholic because I realized that it really isn't me all the time. Everyone has different priorities and sometimes it has nothing to do with you. But I would still counsel the very first thing you do is you take a breath and you pause. Because often that's enough to make them think, ooh, maybe I pushed too far. If they're aware of what they do. But going back to the pandemic and fear, two things drive behavior, fear and love. And what we did not see a lot of was love. We saw no. a lot of fear and uncertainty. And it made people react very poorly, but both bad decision making, but also verbal assaults and really not being terribly civil.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, when do you know it's time to walk away from a relationship or sever ties? Like, I mean, with with Instagram, Facebook, all of those, you know, we can unfriend, we can right. you know hide them from the news feed. Great, easy. But in real life, and you're talking about like close relationships, family, or work relationships? How do you know when it's time?
1: Well, you'll know because you feel sick to your stomach when you know something's coming up. However, you manifest stress in your life. If your shoulders go up to your ears all the time, you know that, okay, this is not good. Now make sure you don't manufacture that and blow it up in your mind because it's a tendency to go for the negative protective part. And that's a good thing, but. It's also, we don't want to feed into making it worse than it actually is. I, I have had experience where a family member um, was truly a toxic person, not just to me, but to everyone. And at that point, I simply minimized the time I spent with them because it just really wasn't worth the absolute sickness Mm -hmm. you you felt afterward now with friends it i think you take different steps with friends um i have i've had friends who i've needed to help and then they were fine Mm -hmm. and then there are those that continue to dig at you and make unflattering comments or minimize you a lot of minimizing and Mm -hmm. eventually um, i'll just put more time between the times i see them and then the next time is interesting You know, I haven't heard from you in in three months. And I said, that's because the last time we were together, you said this, this, and this. And it really made me feel awful. So I thought we just needed some space. Well, it was very interesting because they hadn't thought of that at all. And then they realized it was true. And now they no longer are in my space. And there's a very interesting quote by Eric Barker, and he, he says, isn't it interesting when toxic people stop talking to you? It's like the trash took itself out. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and I'm not at all suggesting that this person was not worthy. They were just miserably unhappy and simply could not figure out ways to help themselves. And when given lots of help by not just me, but other people chose not to take it. So the other thing I, I often say is anything you don't change is a choice. Mm,
0: That's true. And that's, you know, it does make me reflect on relationships that I've had in my life and how there are certain relationships that I've had where my feelings were minimized, were made to feel less than, or not as important as maybe their feelings. Um, I also think something else that sticks out to me that's happened to me before is when I am in a relationship with somebody and that person consistently is not taking an interest in things that I love, things that I'm passionate about, not necessarily like they they have to join me in it, but just asking me, Hey, how's the podcast going? How is your business going? How is it like knowing this is something that I'm so passionate about, but never talking about it at all. Even though I've asked them a million times about what they're doing and what they're involved in and how is that going? And I want to support you, but no interest is, is made in what I do. That's a sign too, right? That that's about, again, it's about them. (laughs) And or if they're looking for me to give them congratulations on things, yet when something happens for me, I hear nothing radio silence. I think those are all good indicators too that maybe there's an imbalance right in, in that relationship.
1: I think imbalance can actually become exaggerated mm-hmm. over time if it goes that way because you don't feel valued or appreciated if that goes on for too long. I, I think sometimes it's because people are stuck they, they aren't where they want to be. And they're sometimes watching you achieve all these magnificent things that you do, which you do, by the way. And it's, it's, it's not so much intimidating as it just makes, they're allowing themselves to feel less than. So only you can determine when you've given enough of your balloon air and Mm -hmm. the balloon is falling. Um, and that you need to be inflated. And, and that's a sign that it isn't really a good balanced relationship. No, they go through, you know, spells of sometimes. Nothing is ever 50-50. I like to think that friendships and relationships are 100 and 100. Mm-hmm. You know, start. <laughs> but sometimes it doesn't work that way. So don't spend that much time with them. Or, or do things um, to the basis that you feel comfortable. Because I will no longer expose myself. To toxic people on purpose but I can manage it if it's familial or event oriented or something like that because we all have things that are toxic to us but you know it's amazing I don't get that deflation or draining as much anymore because I take charge of where my boundaries are
0: and I don't even say
1: anything once it gets to a certain point it's just I'm less there.
0: Yeah. I think that's really, really, I I love the way you said that, that you take charge and and you make your choice. And I think that's so important. I want to shift to the health impacts on these toxic relationships. And I, I've got some questions for you, but um I wanna I was looking before we started recording. I was like, okay, I want to get into the research of, of this and see. You know, we know that just chronic stress in general and relationships can be stressful, especially the toxic ones, can increase depression, anxiety, insomnia, and even dementia. Psychological stress suppresses immunity, increases inflammation. Stress can trigger autoimmune problems, decreased conversion of T4 to T3 needed for thyroid health and increase nice. weight gain. Then, as I was digging even deeper, there is something called the Whitehall II study. This is a body of research that followed more than 10,000 people for over 12 years. This confirms the link between toxic relationships and health is real. It showed direct increase in cardiovascular health issues. Individuals who experienced negative aspects of close relationships had a higher risk of coronary events. That is, Fascinating. Then, okay, so it goes one more. We got one more for you. <laughs> Toxic relationships cause a long-term activation of the brain's conserved transcriptional response to adversity, that's CTRA, which is a type of gene expression that's associated with inflammation and low immunity. So that contribution to chronic inflammation can increase risk of health problems like adrenal burnout thyroid health issues, like immunity issues, autoimmune activation, all of that. So for anybody listening, you know, this far, yes, these toxic relationships can not only deflate you, but deflate your whole body health. I've seen that in, in my husband's life and how his complete health was wrecked from being in a toxic work environment. So Lame I'd was. love to hear from
1: you, yeah, Your perspective I ended up with with um, you know, obviously high anxiety. Um, but I also ended up with fibromyalgia, mm. which really interestingly enough, once I made the decision to leave the relationship, miraculously went away because there is a very strong mind-body connection with fibromyalgia and some of these other things. Yeah. Um it's if so I have weight gain, I had weight loss. Um, I went to 89 pounds, which let me tell you is unhealthy. Wow. So yes. Toxic relationships can affect your somatic, your bodily health very much. And it doesn't do much for your mental health either. So you really, especially if you're high functioning, which if, I mean, I was running a big company at that time mm-hmm. and you have to hide it. So the other thing that makes yeah. it really exhausting is that you're masking your emotions and, and yet I think people can sense it. So you're really not successful. At, at doing what you think you are doing, uh, but it's it's a very sad time if, if it's something you are really invested in and, and can't just cut off. So yeah. you try harder and harder and harder, but then you realize sometimes nothing that you try is going to make it better, and that's when you have choices to make, and the choices can be bad and really bad. I mean, it, it's not good and bad. It, it can be things that you don't really want to make choices on. But your health is your wealth. And you also teach your children good boundaries, good behavior, good communication by knowing how to manage toxic relationships. And it's interesting because neither of my children seek out toxic relationships. Hmm. And they were very heavily exposed. And so that means something was done right, I think to show them what not to do.
0: Yeah. So how, how did you start to recover your health? How can someone recover their health after being in these toxic relationships?
1: Well, for myself, um, I went and got therapy because I really thought I needed to talk to someone who was unbiased and who could not, who would not judge me. I also have always been very movement oriented and healthy, but when I lost so much weight, I didn't want more movement. No, I started eating healthier. And then I really attribute my total recovery to the fact that I have a very strong faith foundation. Mm -hmm. I leaned hard into that many a night I fell to my knees and told God exactly what I was thinking. And he didn't reject me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and actually made me stronger. So I, I think it's a combination of whatever works for you. I read a ton of self-help books. I, I surrounded myself with good people. Um, I was very careful from then on about who I was close to, what I shared, um, because in, in those types of arrangements, everybody's talking about you. And, and that is really hard. So it's not a, a, it's not an easy path. But find out one that works for you because therapy these days is easy. You can do it online. You can do telehealth um, if that's what you choose to do. Mm -hmm. Go talk to someone at church. Talk to someone you trust, but who isn't aligned one way or the other. Yeah. I I do also say that sometimes I think the therapist completely ended it for us because they had an agenda. Yeah. So you have to have a good fit. So it's a combination of things that work for you and what you feel comfortable with. So I, I tried it all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I love, I love that you bring that whole, it's, it's mind, body, spirit. And, and that it truly is holistic piece. It
1: worked for me. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you my favorite question to ask my guests. And that is, if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be?
1: That's a very good question. I would think, for me, I would answer that in a general sense with, find out what makes you feel alive or light up. Because when you find what helps you light up, you put your focus positively. I also say, intentionally, put on your positive mindset and try and look at life, not with rose colored goggles, but with positive goggles, because some, it depends on how you look at things. Mm-hmm. And finally, what you mentioned earlier, our mothers taught us, or mine certainly did. It's not always what you say, it's how you say. It. Absolutely. Yes. I love that.
0: And this has been such a good conversation. So thanks for being part of the show. And we'll have to- We'll have to do another, you know, cast. Yes, we could. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we can go down so many rabbit trails. So <laughs> rabbit holes, I guess. But yes, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: You're very welcome. It was a pleasure.
0: The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at
1: sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.